When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle, back on hosting duties, first time in a while. Um, Just to let you know that there's been some changes around this place. Uh, Blood Red has been compelled to move into a a new direction. Also on top of that, quite a lot of people today have decided to work from home. In other news, it's the Christmas due later tonight. I think those two things are linked. I I couldn't possibly say Mm. that. So as you can probably tell, we are joined by our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away. It's Paul Gorst. Hello. Hello. It's been a while since I've been introduced as that. It feels a bit of a throwback. (laughs) Well, it was the old Jamesy thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I feel as though the people who've been hosting recently haven't really... Put that across. Accentuated to the, the full-time Liverpool correspondent both home and away. I feel like I should put that on my Twitter bio. Yeah. I'm you haven't, to be honest. Yeah. And also joining us, we've got a special guest direct from the news desk. It's Ryan Patton. Hello. Hello, Ian. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Although, you know, I've been drafted in to fill in because it's the sports Christmas night out tonight, but I'm quite offended that I've yet to be invited to the sports Christmas night out tonight. Oh, I see. So, so you're offended that you've not been invited to the night, but you've not been offended that we've never invited you onto this before. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the first time ever? <laughs> once, once you've done a pod, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. so once this, I'm expecting an email directly yeah. from Joe Rimmer or Liverpool FC correspondent on one way for yeah, yeah. More like it's <laughs> from me. Yeah. Right. Settle down, kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, they get well. There's a little bit of excitement because obviously Liverpool won a game. Paul last uh, yesterday, sorry, it feels like last night. It was a long time ago. Four uh, three against Fulham. I think it's fair to say it was not the game anybody was expecting. No, it wasn't. Uh, as I was walking up through Stanley Park on my way to the ground, I was thinking. Got to be a real kind of hardy, diehard, true red to, to be coming out for this weather. I mean, it was absolutely freezing, and obviously we're there in a professional capacity, but the likes of Ryan were there as a, as a supporter. And um, it was a bit of a sleepy, subdued sort of Sunday atmosphere. No one really could, could get up for it. And that sort of translated onto the pitch, didn't it? Liverpool started okay, well enough, but each time he took lead in the first half, um, just let complacency set in, which was um, a bit unlike Liverpool, really. Certainly this season at Anfield, they've been excellent, haven't they, you know, in games against Forest and Aston Villa and, and even West Ham to an extent. And this was um, totally different to what, what we've been able to, to watch this season. Um, and in the end, it wasn't really a surprise, was it, when Bobby Reid pops up with the header at the back post to make a 3-2, because Liverpool just didn't kill the game off when they had the chances to. And... Um, when it went to when it went to three two, I was thinking to myself, they're gonna equalise because they've still got, you know, fifteen minutes. But they'll equalise and it'll get painted as a um kind of positive result that they haven't lost. And I remember thinking that I'd be annoyed if that that was the case because these are the games that Liverpool if they're serious about doing something this season that they have to be winning. Um but then once Endo scored, I was actually thinking yeah, they're gonna win this and then you know, I just didn't expect Trent to score about 40 seconds after Endo did, to be honest. I thought it might at least have come in stoppage time. But, um, yeah, it's just, you know, Liverpool 
and losing positions. They seem to have made a bit of a habit of it for mm. for too long now. Really, it's fifteen points, isn't it, this season mm-hmm. that they've got from from winning? Uh, sorry, from losing positions where they've managed to take something. There's only the what was it since they got beaten City four one last year. I think there's now been 11, 12 games where they've been behind and the only one that they didn't get anything from was Tottenham, yeah. which obviously we know what happened there. Now, that one. now, Ryan, um, I'll start with an easy question for you, Thank to be you. fair. Uh, have you ever seen a game that's had that many good goals from one team in it? I have not, no. So it, it was, it was like as Paul was saying, it was, it was such a strange game. I sort of feel, feel like as, as I was, as I was going to the ground, I, I sort of expected a comfortable Liverpool win, mm. and I think the crowd did, and that, that sort of explains the subdued atmosphere. And then once you know Trent hitting that free kick, you're thinking, okay, now Liverpool are going to go on, on to so on to this, and Liverpool win, amazing, like sort of. It, it, uh, from a team perspective going forward yesterday but it just it had just outstanding goal after outstanding goal just four absolute worldies you know oh, I think all of them could be well I, I don't know if Trent's because the first one could be an, um, uh, an own goal are you, are you, are you yeah. giving it him? Well, it should be, shouldn't it? I mean, it's it's very, it's a very harsh one, but I think you know by technically it w- it probably is bouncing out, isn't it? If it do- if it doesn't hit the goalkeeper, but it's it's one of the it's one of the harsher ones that I've seen. That that's mean yeah. retrospectively given an own goal because you can claim it's a goal contribution. If that yeah, 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 yeah. Doesn't count as one though, does it? No, Apparently it doesn't even count as an assist, which seems a bit daft when you consider that it's his free kick and he's done all the hard work, and you know the goalkeeper. Well, he is a bit unlucky. I mean, goal, he's not going to be going like, oh, please give me that goal, is he? No, he'd, be quite, <laughs> he'd be quite happy for Trent to have it. So, but but just overall, in the performance, you mentioned that they didn't play great. I mean, I thought in the second half, Liverpool were, were quite yeah. not good at all. Yeah. They didn't have that kind of tempo or energy to them and there was no kind of inspiration. And to be fair to Klopp, he changed things around, I think, two or three times yeah. with the formation and they got there in the end. But yeah. you wouldn't have expected it to be, of all the players, Endo. It, it was it was such a Klopp substitution just that I thought quite odd because mm. in in terms of you know I thought McAllister was probably the standout performer from the midfield three and he was the one that he, he was taken off for for Gomez to put to put Arnold into the midfield that was that was a surprising one and I don't think that quite worked in terms of it was Liverpool kept on being quite just disjointed going forward it wasn't like a clinical attack and performance from a team perspective whatsoever. And then, yet yeah, when when he then brings Enzo on in the eight, when when we're chasing the game, I, I think everyone was thinking, what what on earth is this substitution? I don't, and then Enzo just comes and pops up with with an absolutely brilliant goal. And I think Enzo was just one of those players. Like when we signed him, I did think he had, he had all the hallmarks of being this cool player who's going to end yeah. up having one <laughs> big moment, which you go, which in ten years time you'll remember. I think in ten years time we'll go. I mean, Enzo just scored that great goal to equalise against Fulham. Was a great finish. I, I didn't know. He had that in his locker to be fair no, I know he's he's good in the air in terms of yeah. you know I think his, his other goal wasn't it? it was a header but when they got laid off to him by Salah I just didn't expect it I was thinking he scored a fair few in the Bundesliga to be fair from that he position he scored a goal that just um, kept them up didn't he yeah, yeah. yeah. like last yeah. minute goal um, I mean but well, the other thing you forget about Endo he's 30 he's yeah. 30 and he's been the captain of Japan for years and I think they're a top 20 you know FIFA rated well not that we no much stock in the FIFA rankings, but that just kind of suggests that Japan aren't awful, which they aren't. We know this. And so he's, he's been around the block a few times, so he knows what to do. So it's probably just been a case of him just having to adapt to the Premier League because he hasn't really played that many minutes in the Premier League compared to like, I think he started all of the Europa League games and I think yeah. one of the two uh, League Cup games. Yeah, well, actually, we had a chance to speak to him after Thursday's game and, and that was one of the things he said. He said he, he was... He has been a bit surprised by the kind of speed and, and power of the Premier League and it's going to take a little bit of adjustments to get up to it. But 
what I kind of celebrated as much as, as the goal yesterday in my own mind was when he won the 50-50 at Bellinia yeah. mm. in like the, the 88th minute or something. You know, that was a textbook kind of defensive midfield tackle getting there first, reading it well, being strong in the challenge and, and Liverpool come away with it. And yeah, it's just a, it's just a, a really decent squad option, isn't he? Particularly when Liverpool don't really have another archetypal number six in the ranks. So um yeah, big moment for him yesterday. He, he took it really well. I mean, I, I mentioned that tackle and I checked after the game because I wanted to do something on his stats because I was writing about him. And it said that he made no tackles in the game. And I was thinking, how does that, I mean, or does that, not, does yeah, that yeah. not count as a tackle because the ball was there to be won? Yeah. It's always, so he's not taking it that, off that, somebody. This is why... This is you yeah. rely on, on statistics. Yeah. You know, yeah. obviously there's a place for it in, in the analysis of football, but, you know, we've seen it as clear as day. Well, it's good, yeah, it's, it's like you can tell from when you see he came on, he ran around the lot. Um, he had the shot that was blocked that won them a corner just yeah. before the, the he then equalised for the three all. And what I hadn't noticed until I actually watched a bit of the highlights before is that when they made it three all and then the ball you know, kick off, they get the ball back straight away and they're going down the, the wing. It's it's Endo who gets the ball that Gakpo just takes it off him and says, I'm having this yeah, one. And he yeah, runs off yeah. and he has the shot and they end up scoring from it. But it, it is kind of, you mentioned he could be a cool tip. He doesn't want to be one, does he? No. no he <laughs> you, that's, to be honest, that's the last thing you want to be if you're playing for Liverpool, unless... You're of a certain standard that you know you shouldn't really be. You know what I mean? There's, there's, there's like, yeah, it's, it is. It's like yeah, you're right. It is damning with faint praise, but he's going to have to start playing more games now, isn't it? Because purely on the weight of the number of games that Liverpool have got coming up, there's a lot of big games as well. And with the FA Cup draw against Arsenal, that's going to be another one. Interesting to see who plays in that one, but that's obviously a bit further down the line. But he's going to get the minutes because you mentioned McAllister. I mean, I, I asked Klopp after the game why he should have been substituted. He, Kind of got a bit angry with me. I said, did he, had he taken a knock or was it tactical? And yeah. he, he thought I was kind of suggesting that he played poorly. But I was in agreement with yeah. you. I assumed he must have had a knock or something because yeah. he had been, I thought he'd been with Trent, the two best players on the pitch. Turns out he was a bit tired. And obviously Klopp's looking up further down the line. He got the game against Sheffield United on Wednesday, so on and so forth. And you know, in, in the end, he got the substitutions right. But, but just going back to Endo, do you think this might be a, an opportunity or a, certainly something where he can kickstart his Liverpool career from this? The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, definitely, because I think, yeah, like you're saying, when he, when he started, I think I think it was, was his first game in Newcastle away? Yeah. And he looked really <coughs> off the pace where he, he was getting caught on the ball a lot. Where, I mean, to be, to be fair to him, Liverpool were down to 10 men after yeah, half Exactly, hour, and, and yeah. that, that is a difficult game as, uh, yeah. in, in itself. Yeah. And you know, and he, he he obviously will need to take time to get up to speed with the with the Premier League. And then he, he, had, he had a bit of a, a poor performance in the Europa League as well. I can't remember the money away from home games. And then... Um, well, I think Thursday probably was probably his best game so mm. far for Liverpool. It was quite a very competent performance, but then you've got to take into account the the standard of the opposition. But I think football is such a momentum game, isn't it? And like, and when you have this moments that can act as a springboard, like I, it, it, you've seen it so many times in players' careers where it, it can just one thing and then it leads to it leads to a great upturn in form. And the, the games come thick and fast in the festive period. But obviously, we can't just rely on. I think McAllister sometimes looks. A Bit uncomfortable in the number six position anyway. So if Endo can sort of start in the Premier League and put in a similar performance like he did on Thursday in, mm. in the league game, I think I think he's got it in against weaker opposition. I think he'll be. I think he'll start on Wednesday against yeah. against Sheffield United. 
Can I just say, you've mentioned thick and fast and festive period there, so you can definitely get a job and work in sports and get all, all the cliches. Yeah, tick them all off. Yeah. They're all, they're all ticked off. I, I think with him, though, he's been a little bit unfair in, in the circumstances that he come into the club. Yeah. You know, Liverpool trying to get Moise Caicedo for 110 million or whatever it was, fell through, bring this lad in from Stuttgart to, you know, unless you're a Bundesliga aficionado, not too many people have heard of him without being disrespectful. I know I was certainly critical of it at the time, you know, just what is going on here. Uh, and that, that was through no fault of his own, really. You know, if Liverpool had signed then though, in, in June, you would have seen as a bit, you know, a pretty shrewd kind of squad building method of getting someone in there and then you go after the rest of your, of your main targets. The fact that they signed them the way that he did after the season started meant that there was a little bit of a different perception over how his signing should be greeted. But, you know, a few months into his tenure now, he's starting to show a little bit here and there of what he can do, isn't he? And I still think he will be, you know, mainly a squad option. I don't really see him becoming a first choice where Liverpool are relying on him in, in major games, you know, if they're going for the Premier League title in, you know, two, three, four months or whatever. But um, I think he's starting to show that he can be dependent on more than just playing the, the also runs in the Europa League. We'll come up to Trent in a minute. Uh, just dwell a little bit on Dominic Saboslai. I mean, I've been not worried, but you know, he's gonna—he was always gonna have a drop off of form yeah. eventually, given how well he'd started his, his Liverpool career. But do you think the time might have come for maybe just to take him out of the starting lineup? I mean, you look at Harvey Elliott's yeah. been doing very well coming on. Um, probably due to start in the Premier League, I'd have thought. And you've also got the option of Curtis Jones as well. Yeah, 100%. I, th- I think uh, Sabah's like was the, was the weakest of the, mid- of the midfield three yesterday. And I think it's sort of a, a continuation. Of, he's, he's, he's definitely had a dip in form. Like, mm. He obviously started and just looked an absolute whale beating. You're like, how was Liverpool the only team sort of, it, it, we, we sort of got a signature without any competition. And like, but so it was a, a drop-off was always going to come. He had that like amazing... Two, he scored two goals for Hungary in the international yeah. break, but I think even before the international yeah. break, he had a little little drop off in, in form as well. And like yeah, yesterday he just he struggled to have any influence on the game whatsoever. He was quite anonymous, and when he had like the, his early performances for Liverpool, when it was he was just all over the pitch, covering everywhere. He just had this energy that just meant that he just impossible to not impact the game. Like that has definitely dipped off. So maybe he does just need to be taken out of the, the final line a bit, have, have a little bit of rest. And like you've just said, you know, I was surprised yesterday that Harvey Elliott or Curtis Jones didn't it's actually... It's very, very unusual for them not to come yeah, on. Yeah, didn't come on. But the fact, you know, if they're fit and we've seen uh, what Elliott and Jones can do, I, I, I would suspect that that they may start ahead of Sabozlai on, on, on Wednesday just because he does, he does seem a little bit tired to me. <clears throat> yeah, totally agree with that. I think... Um... I think we might even see both Jones and um, yeah. and Elliot. Let's, let, we'll do the team later. We'll do the team later. <laughs> don't do that later. Don't 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 don't. don't yeah. But anyway, about Saboslai. Yeah, he's, he's um, yeah, he has had a, had a dip, hasn't he? Not not noticeable to the point where he's he's being, you know, you can say he's, he had a really poor game, but he's just not quite hitting the heights that he was in in August and in September. But um, you know, no real major concerns. He's just doing a little bit of a breather. Um, not long term, twenty three as well. I think that that's been overlooked a little bit. As he's only just, what, but, but was it a big birthday party or something? <laughs> well, no, it's just you know, he's, it's that's, that's a young age. He comes mm. to Liverpool at twenty two. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's expected to be you know, one of the most expensive players ever. So uh, he started well, but yeah, there may, maybe a couple of games where he's sitting and out and then come back in and, and refreshed. Well, let's get on to Trent then, Paul. I know that you've been very much on the bandwagon of do not play him in midfield. <laughs> um, yeah. 
have you kind of revised that opinion in light of recent events? Yeah, you know, maybe got a Southgate had that right all along. Um, it's, 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 I think it's just such a, a unique player now that I think we maybe have to start looking at him in a little bit of a different um, light in terms of like tactical frameworks. You know, is he a right back? Is he a central midfielder? I think essentially it's just get him on the pitch and get him in, into areas where he can affect the game. Um, whether that's from a little bit of an inside right position where he's picking that that final cross, or whether it's as he has done against City and yesterday in and around the penalty area scoring goals, um, just a, a phenomenal football. And I was having a look at his stats on on FB Ref, which is a, a scouting tool if you're not aware of it. And all of his kind of like you know passing stats and assist stats are like. 98 percentile, 99 percentile in, in the top five leagues in Europe over the last 12 months. And, you know, considering Liverpool weren't anywhere at the best last season, he's, you know, for those to be as high as they are just shows you how important he is. Um, so would you play him in midfield? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there's a, I mean, I'd say there's a conversation to be had, but it's one that, that we've been having for yeah. years, isn't it, really? Um, it, is, it has been noticeable that he's gone into that number six position. And Gomez has carried on playing the hybrid role. So I think Klopp's starting to see a bit more merit in it at times. Um, it's it's only been kind of ad hoc cameo stuff, hasn't it? Bournemouth in the League Cup and then obviously yesterday when Liverpool are chasing it. But um, I don't think it's going to be far off him just being in central midfield from the start in a game and, and see how he gets on. It's interesting that that he did do this change yesterday. That was like like we've alluded to, like Elliot and Jones were on the bench, and they're both players who Klopp trusts. And the fact that he yeah. did go yeah. for push Trent into midfield while chasing the game, I just thought that was that was such a. It, it felt like a shift in how Klopp's play went about it so far as well. Yeah. And it's it's just one of the most interesting like conundrums in football, isn't it? Because it's the argument of like, oh, he gets more space from when he when he drifts in uh, from right back position to to control the game, but then. When he's playing further forward, he's in positions then when he's more likely to have a decisive impact in the game. And it's like, it's like, would you move the best right back in the world to midfield? But then now the argument is like, well, if Jude Bellingham played right back, would he also be the best right back in the world? Or like mm. Kevin De Bruyne is like, is he just this that sort of level of generational talent, which obviously we know that he is. Where it's like, do you just play him midfield now? It's it, it it's a difficult one, and I don't really know the answer to because. I, because I, 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 we've now got quite a creative midfield as well. So to to then put Arnold centre midfield all the time and then play Gomez as a full time right back, like is that utilising the squad option to the best? I'm not, I'm, I'm not too sure. But I just think, I, I think Klopp will. I think that represented yesterday a bit of a shift in Klopp's mentality, and maybe we'll see him depend. I think it'll be dependent on the opposition all the time. Yeah, I'd, I, I, I mean, I think if Trent's not playing at right back. I don't see the uh, the merit in this hybrid yeah. thing. I think Joe Gomez is is a centre back playing at right back, and then he's being asked to play centre mid. Um, Must be of... a reason for it, though. Must yeah, be a reason for it. I think it's just it. to, just to keep the team used to the shape. When so, why would you change it then? What, what do you mean? Why would you change it then? Unless you think that Trent's going to be going into midfield permanently. Yeah, I th- well, I, I think obviously the getting Trent in those central areas was a passing range can obviously help Liverpool, but I don't think Joe Gomez is, is anywhere near that, that standard of attack-minded player. So um, it just doesn't make sense to me when Trent's not playing for, for Joe Gomez to be doing it, other than the fact that it gets the rest of the players used to the system and the rest of the midfielders used to this defender popping up in, in these areas. Um, but I think maybe, maybe there's a decision to be made soon with Klopp. Is it time to 
you know, one or the other, um, move centre to midfield and then get a right back or keep him at right back and, and look to, to carry on because while you can see what it does from an attacking point of view, you know, Fulham targets at that area yeah. yesterday and all, all, all the goals came from that area, didn't they? So, well, I suppose one was a corner, but certainly the first first and the third were from from that right back area and Cross was coming in. No, the first one was really because Gravenberge gave the ball away and then yeah, they, and but, then broke. but then Massa has to come out to, to fill the gap. The sense vacated, and that's not. He wasn't on by that point, was he? Had he already gone off? I can't remember. No, for the first. No, he wasn't. He was no the third one. Oh, was, oh, was, was, he, oh, right. was he still on? I think he was still no. on. No, he was. He was Canati, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Canati. But um, yeah, like I was watching the replay back of the first goal for Fulham, and I'm looking. Where's Trent? Where's Trent? And he ends up in the centre back position because Massa had to go over. Yeah. And, you know. Okay, I get that not every not every system and formation is perfect, but um, it just feels like Liverpool are open to um, to being caught in in, in those areas. But we have to carry on doing what they do. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. So we spoke about Gomez just then. I mean, how do you think we we were talking about it before actually in the office? Just how do you think he's done this season? Because as far as I'm concerned, he's come on. Did he yeah. come on against? Uh, did he come on against uh, Newcastle? Wasn't it when Van Dijk yeah. got sent yeah. off? Yeah, because yeah. Quarter yeah. came on yeah. at the end. That's right. Yeah. Then he played a couple yeah. of games at centre back. Then he ended up playing some. He's been playing the cup games at right back. He played a left back against Luton. He came on at right back on um, yesterday. It was interesting because started right back against Wolves when yeah. Quanza started with Canate. And he's been playing that as the inverted right back yeah. role. Um, it was interesting. Klopp said after the game, he made a point just unprompted, just saying, you know, Gomez, he put in some good balls. You know, perhaps and he didn't say this, but we, we at the time we were saying well, somebody should have been on. There was certainly one where someone should have been on yeah, the end yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah, I think it was right near towards the end. But you know, he's 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 not really been renowned for that. But that's kind of been added to his game. Yeah, his delivery's not that bad. It's like it's, yeah. it's obviously not it's not sent out as an Arnold, but, mm. but it's, it's when he's when he finds himself in those positions, sometimes his crossing's quite good. But yeah, he got an assist, didn't he, on, on Thursday for, for the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. I, I think um, yeah, like, I I had, I was worried about Gomez particularly last season because he went he thought the injuries had just gone on top of him too much. He had too many little stints out 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 of the team, and whether he would re- rediscover that form, that was because he was a vital part in the the title winning side, wasn't he? But mm. I, I I did I did, I had written him off to be honest because he was he was so poor last season and loads loads of loads of casual errors where it would be like he would just that goal against where Leeds scored against the yeah. field where he yeah. just played played Rodrigo in or something I think and uh, but but this season he's just he's he's he's, he's been brilliant and like it's good I really like him as a player I think he's got a lot, a lot of ability and like there's a lot to like about how he approaches the game so it's like I, I want him to do well so the fact that like that whenever he's been called in this season he's just been really good and it's been it's been the same with Matip as well Matip was another one I'd, I'd, I'd sort of written him off thinking mm. oh he's just at the tail end and, and I think Matip and always been it seems he's got a really really bad injury now but this season both of them whenever they've been called upon they've just they've, they've not let us down at all yeah, um, I think Gomez is having a really good season. I'd agree with everything you said there, Ryan, in terms of him last season, it looked like he was really struggling. Yeah. But um, I think it's I think because he's been at Liverpool for such a while and he kind of preceded the Klopp era that you forget that he, I think he's only 26, yeah. isn't he? Yes. Um, he's his longest serving player, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He signed a new contract God, yeah. last summer, was it? Yeah. Um, so, you know, if he just keeps on this, doing this, you know, little bit of a utility man, isn't he? Um I don't mean that to sound like like Endo with Damon with faint praise, but he's having a really good season coming in when he needs to, and I'm sure he'd like to be playing centre back every week. But at the moment, he's got a good, solid little niche in the squad, and um, just need to keep her up. 
Now, another player who's been at Liverpool, probably actually, actually I think it's about as long as Gomez, is uh, it was in goal yesterday, which is Cuevin Kelleher. Now, obviously, he's not played anywhere near as many games, Paul. And the fact that that was only sixth Premier League start in that entire time. Admittedly, it's been four years since he made his debut. So, um, how did you think it went? Yeah, I mean, I'd be worried if Allison's injury is, is worse than we, we first feared. As Klopp was kind of saying that he expects maybe he'll be back for Palace. Um, but, um, yeah, he didn't have a great game yesterday. I thought he could have done better with, with Tete's goal. Possibly could have done better with the first one if that's not being too harsh. But, yeah, I mean, he's just, he's a really good backup for Europa League <coughs> games and Cup games and whatever else. But... Um, I just hope Allison's back. Do you think he just needs? Do you think he just needs a run of games though? Maybe, maybe, he's played, maybe yeah. And yeah. But the, I think the problem they've got is that obviously Liverpool are set up to play with Allison as the Allison as the goalkeeper because they know quite well he's good at one on ones and he can, you know, come out and, and sweep up. Now Keller's actually quite good with the ball. His feet, although there were one or two moments yesterday where <laughs> things got a bit nervy. But then we've seen Allison do that in the game at Man City, for example. Mm-hmm. So you know that can happen to anybody, but. He doesn't seem as good on the one-on-ones, but then that's something that you can only learn over time from constant exposure to those kind of situations. You could do it a million times in training, but you know it's nowhere near. Yeah, I mean, he could benefit but, from a run the side, couldn't he? But um, ultimately, if Allison's fit, Allison's playing because you know I'd, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. But he's certainly the best goalkeeper I've ever seen for Liverpool, Allison Becker. So mm. um, if he's fit, he's playing. It was either him or. Insert name of not a very good goalkeeper who's played for Liverpool. Just can't Ch- think of any other ones. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, yes, no, even Peggy Affex had was he had his moments, but he wasn't the worst goalkeeper I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> you never played? Never played? He had the yeah. ironing board incident, didn't he? So he could never play. Um, this other one's Jorgen Nielsen. This is just yeah. me just regaling <laughs> all, all of the old Liverpool reserve goalkeepers who never played. Tony Warner, there's another one. Tony Warner, yeah. Tony Warner, there's one, yeah. Diego Cavalieri played. Um, Danielli Padelli, he was in for one game. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Joe, Paul Jones was on Paul uh, Jones on loan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Emergency loan. Uh, th- obviously, there was my time. There was Mike Cooper. Obviously, you got Gravelar, James, um, Friedel. Yeah, Friedel, yeah. forget he played for Liverpool. Festerveld, Kirkland, Dudek. Have Carson. we done them? Have we done them? Carson. Carson oh yeah, yeah. Carson. Carius. Carius. Mignolet. Check history of history. If we missed out here, there's a, there's a main brain out. Brain, obviously, knew there was one we'd missed out. Any more? Well, I think that's a, yeah. We need Theo for, for this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Does he uh... play 20 minutes on a Friday? <laughs> <and five days. laughs> uh, well, not in answer to your question because it wasn't your question, but I think obviously Keller has going to be in goal uh, against Sheffield United. I think it's something that they're just going to have to get behind. And I think he's he's going to have to... Uh, basically, he's ne- if he, when he plays against Sheffield United, that'll be only the second time ever he's played three consecutive games in a row. Competitive. So if he plays against Palace, that's four. And we know what Sheffield United are going to do. And we know what Palace are going to do. Now, there's never any question marks over his shot stuff. I know there was the two mistakes for the goals, but, you know, that can that again, that can just happen. It's just unfortunate that it all happened in the same game and the one where people are going to be looking at him. Yeah. And... I think he's got enough credit in the bank with stuff that's happened previously. I mean, let's face it, he played in a League Cup final. He was yeah, man of the yeah, match, yeah. so it's not as if he can't handle the yeah. big occasions. 
Allison's. It's just comparing him to Allison, isn't it? Allison's yeah, like, yeah. He's, he's, he's the best. He's the best I've seen. I think. I think he's the best around. Like so to, to someone who's got everything. Like and it just it just seems such a miss just to not just to not have his presence. Like actually, mm. Allison's just so commanding. Just 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 seeing him on the on the pitch and Keller who's just even just physically he's just he's just more slight. It just yeah. it just feels as yeah. though like teams will just feel immediately buoyed the fact that he's in goal, not Allison. Yeah. It gives it gives them that that motivation. Liverpool could be could be got it because just because Allison's not in goal, it's it's the most difficult thing in football to to, to replace what to to come in as a number two and replace the the best goalkeeper in the world. So it, I, I feel for them, but I think I think he had a really poor day. Yesterday. And it didn't help that that was the one they were Liverpool's midfield, with the exception of McAllister, decided to stop doing all the defending because yeah. well, Graham Birch wasn't particularly great in that respect, no. and neither was Sebastian. So it's, we'll, it's interesting McAllister though, because he's he twenty six now, and like you say, he doesn't really. 25? 25, 25, 25. Yeah, he doesn't doesn't play a whole lot, does he? And you wonder, does he have an ambition to to maybe drop down the pecking order a little bit and, and play regularly another team? Um, but it's, he's, he's only so that lay back and unflappable. There's, there's quite a lot of goalkeepers like that now. That would never happen when I was growing up. You got the likes of Henderson's one, Dean Henderson. I now can't think of any others. Well, <laughs> well, just, well, well you get the situation, <laughs> Ramsdale and, and Raya. You know, yeah, that, that's been the base. Yeah, Chelsea. Kepper and where is he now? Is he even still there? He went to Sevilla, didn't he? Yeah, he did went he? to Sevilla. Oh, did he? Or, yeah. or too severe? Um, I do watch football yeah. sometimes. <laughs> um, well, he had obviously Edward Mendy didn't have him for well, long, really. Well, there yeah. you go, there you go. He's another one. So the, the right, and I'm thinking of um, Sam Johnston at United before he went to where is he now? Is he at West Brom still? I don't know, but he, he was a United goalkeeper at one point. Yeah. yeah, so there's quite a few that I like that that tend to stick around, but eventually they have to go off and do something. And what you're saying, we thought Kelleher might have done that last year, last summer, didn't we? But Klopp seemed to be a bit indignant yeah, well, that, that was, at the. That was <laughs> we that surprising, him, yeah. wasn't it? it was, you know, we all sort of assumed that. Well, certainly Liverpool did have interest behind the scenes, but we just assumed that if a good offer comes in, Liverpool will think long and hard. And but Klopp seemed kind of aghast at the suggestion that he might leave. It's it a bit skill set sort of suits as well, isn't it? Because if if he drops down, like he's he's that sort of ball playing keeper. Yeah. Whereas yeah, like if he yeah. drops down, it's like a lot like, like a team in the bottom half. It's like it's it's he could go to someone who's more like you know they, they don't really want want someone playing mm. around to the mm. back and it's going to be more suited to like the, the defending long balls and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, like, Brentford Brentford was always shot, wasn't it? But Brentford seem a lot more direct yeah. than, than than what would suit Kelleher really. Mm. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, but as soon as Allison's fit, he, he's come back in, isn't he? And that's no real slight on Allison or, or any other keeper who'd be in goal. Uh, now, obviously, it's Sheffield United next. So it looks like Sheffield United are going to sack their manager, Paul Heckingbottom, which, again, I haven't really researched this, but it seems though that's not the first time that a team has sacked a manager just before they're about to play Liverpool. Looks like Chris Wilder might be coming in. I mean, is that going to make Liverpool's job harder at Sheffield United or is it going to make it easier because the couple of times they've been there in the Premier League over the past three or four years, five years, I think, it's not been easy, has it? The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I mean, I don't know how much of an impact he'd be able to have now if he come in, Chris Wilder, other than just, you know, a bit of a team talk before the game. Uh, I think, imagine all the analysis will be done tomorrow. Uh, as the time of recording, Heckenbottom is still officially the manager. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they've conceded 39 goals, Sheffield mm. United, and that, that's seven more than, than the next lowest. I mean, to be fair, about 25 of them are against Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the rest of them are against Burnley. Um, <laughs> but that is, that is some, some uh, record already, isn't it? So, I've got a feeling the clock might go strong with the attacking numbers and not to just blow them away and 
get it all done and dusted handy. Um, it never works like that, Paul. Come on. How long <laughs> well, have you been doing yeah, this I job? Know, but it should. It should, should But it, it doesn't. Mm. It doesn't. We'll see. Mm. Anyway, yeah. So Sheffield United, would you would you be concerned about? It's it's all it's always a, it's a frustrating position in football, isn't it? Because it's like it's it's the unknown of when when someone they get the, the the new manager bounce or where it's like oh we that that they put in a good performance for the for the old manager who's just a part is like mm. it just it just it changes the sort of the dynamics of, of the game so much just having having a new manager in charge. But like, I think Paul Heckenbottom, like I say they they see there was thirty nine goals. I I think he tries to play a little bit of an expansive style of football I think if Chris Wilder comes in his immediate thing will just try and be to keep it a bit tight and not be as not not be as risky so maybe just 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 the idea of that changes the sort of the the tactical outlook of the game as well but so it does it, it it adds that level of unknown and a little bit like it 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 just adds a different psychology to the game, but I think if Liverpool don't win the game on Wednesday because of the golfing quality between the two sides, it would be extremely, extremely disappointing. I was watching the match today. I liked the other day, and when the teams come up before they show the highlights, I was looking at the Sheffield United team, and and I wasn't even thinking about about the Liverpool game. I was, but I was thinking, this that's not that's not a, a great group of players for the Premier League. You know, yeah. considering the level the Premier League's are as well, generally now there's about fifteen teams who were, who are all really strong. Um, Do you feel a bit sorry for Hacking Bottom because he got them up, and then the owners basically said, yeah, he, he, said "There's no money, and we're going to sell some of your best players." Yeah. Thanks. But, what, what, what could he do? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, obviously they've got a season to, to prove me wrong. But I'm looking at them thinking these are in the kind of derby, yeah, eight or nine territory, and you know, Swindon. When was that? Ninety three? Was it ninety four? Don't there's not. They haven't even got a kind of sprinkling of, of players who, who you might think would be half decent, really, in terms of going further up the league. So I think Liverpool have just got to really take the game out of stuff of the net. Now, Liverpool are up to second in the table. They're only uh, two points behind Arsenal, who obviously we've mentioned before they've drawn them in the FA Cup. I mean, just a quick word on that. Are you uh, surprised that Liverpool should get a Premier League team in the FA Cup third round draw for the sixth time <laughs> in the last seven years, while some other teams play, I don't know, Echo FC at home. <laughs> yeah, it'd be, be a tough game that I guess. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, bring me boots. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not because um, you know uh, the pill always seems to draw a big team, don't they? I think the pill are a big draw for the television audiences, and at a time when the FA Cup is um, not quite the um, prestigious competition. Speak for yourself. Once was. So let's not let's, let's not have this argument again. No, no. <laughs> but no, it's I'd, I'd have to look back at the the actual numbers, but. Liverpool generally play Premier League teams. It's, the, the, in the third one. round, they, they've had Everton twice, Wolves twice, and Aston Villa in the last five, the last six mm-hmm. years. The That's only West one. Ham were in there one year, weren't they? And that was fourth round, though. That was fourth was round, it? just just third round. I mean, you're right to, to suggest that Liverpool in the early rounds went up. It's a bit different when it's like the fifth round, the quarterfinal yeah. semis, yeah. because then you're going to be playing a good team. But when there's a bigger chance of you not playing one, Liverpool tend to, as you mentioned, under Klopp a lot of the time. Even in the League Cup, they seem yeah. to be playing. Yeah, the League Cup. Um, yeah, like you look at the the kind of Premier League teams Liverpool have played. <laughs> when you think of how many teams are in that, that third round draw, mm, yeah, you know why is it never like you know 
the Met- Metropolitan Police at all. It's always it's always a Premier League team. Isn't it? <laughs> the stats are crazy, aren't they? Yeah. It, just, it, it goes against all statistics that it should have been drawn such a, a, a quality Premier League side away from almost all. I mean, I'm assuming that just evens itself out eventually. If it's like you do 500 draws, it'll be okay you know, <laughs> without, without leaning on my A level maths. <laughs> we just want home draws for the cup. <laughs> I mean, Arsenal's a long way as well, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And it'll be a Friday night, probably, won't it? This week, a stopover. Then again, as we know, London, the city that always sleeps. Yeah. <laughs> it's the city that can't wait to get to bed. Exactly, yeah. It's like the city where everything shuts at half 11. <laughs> I think they do it for the tourists. I think all the locals know exactly where to go. Yeah. So it's all, all the speakeasies. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, right, so yeah, uh, one final thing before we discuss our teams is that, to say, Liverpool are up to second. And uh, that's because Manchester City drew three all with Tottenham, my favourite team. And <laughs> there was a bit of an incident at the end of the game where Erling Haaland, if anybody's not seen it, well, where have you been? Even I've seen this. Uh, <laughs> Erling Haaland, he gets the ball. He's fouled by Emerson Ryle just inside the uh, Man City half, but manages to get up and then puts Jack Grealish clean through. And then referee Simon Hooper, who we, we may recognise from previous podcasts, <laughs> such as Tottenham against Liverpool, um, he, he blows the whistle. Now, irrespective of who you support, that was an absolutely ridiculous decision, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, it's crazy, isn't it? It's just... it's. It, Beyond belief, where you're, you're watching anything, yeah, he, he plays advantage, which he should do. Then it's like the, the advantage leads to a one on one situation in the, in the dying seconds. And you can only, uh, until until you release a statement to actually clarify what on earth has happened, you can only assume he's either he's not seen Grealish yeah. like he's in, 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 the, mm. in the pack of Tottenham players, or if there's a words in his ear that, that he's offside. But that's that's also crazy because the offside rule, as as we know, is, is let, let the play run its course before the flag's raised. But either way, it's 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 gonna be another it's gonna be another groveling apology from the PGML OL, isn't it? I think referees got a very difficult job. <laughs> we need to respect the decision, Paul. Yeah, I think you'll find that these things even themselves yeah. over the course no, of the season. Know, I yeah. actually yeah. do think that this is a bit of a storm in the teacup. I think there's a there's a kind yeah. of desire now to be absolutely outraged I think, every oh, single I, week. Yeah. And uh, you know, I thought Newcastle were outdone by against Paris Saint Germain in the week, but I thought the reaction to that was massively over the top yeah. as well. It seems that since the Diaz incident, where that was just comically, you know, where yeah. mm. in, incomprehensibly incompetent, since that teams have fallen over themselves now to, to kick off. You know, we've seen it Arsenal when when they got beat by Newcastle, which, okay, I probably agreed with Mikel Arteta on the day. I thought it was out to begin with, and so it was probably a foul. But um, there just seems to be this trend now of just being apoplectic as, as often as you can with whatever the referees give. And okay, it was a bit of a strange one, but Grealish is still like forty yards out. Yeah. he's not Usain Bolt, is he? He'd no, turn back and try and win a foul anyway. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, it's a strange decision, but you can't. I don't think we can start conflating this with the Diaz one, which was just you know a, a unique error. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Conflating, there's a word you need to use. But yes, but obviously that happens. Then Erling Haaland, who is quite a, I think it's fair to say he's a beast of a man. Imposing figure. Yes, and yeah. He, uh, he gets right in the face of Simon Hooper, says some things that we can't repeat on here, but um, I think it sounds like truck, should we say, and <laughs> things like that. Um 
And then after the game, it gets booked for that. Then after the game, it goes on social media. And, and there's a, I'm assuming it's, a, I've not actually seen this, just read about it. Is it like a picture of the incident or a video? And it just, or it might just WTF. say WTF. Yeah. Which means what the flip, in case anybody <laughs> needs a translation. Um, now, Virgil van Dijk got an extra one match ban for his reaction to being sent off at Newcastle, which at the time I remember just thinking when people were talking about it, going, well, no, actually, because it's. It's just, you know, he's not touched the referee. He hasn't called him anything from what we what we gathered. It was just obviously a very strong reaction to a decision that he thought was wrong. And whether you think it's right or wrong is irrelevant. It's just his reaction to it. You know, football's an emotional game. You, you, know, you see that. They want that from the fans on the pitch. You want it from the players up to a certain point. Mm. Like There's a certain line you can't go over. But at the time, I thought Van Dijk hadn't crossed that line. He was already being sent off anyway. So that would have been the end of it. But he was because it's early in the season, we know the way these things work when they bring in a new initiative or they try and reimpose an initiative, such as the respect for referees, which is, the fact that they have to do that is not a good sign anyway, is it? but it's much needed and it's obviously very honourable intentions with it and there should be more respect for referees, but there has to be consistency in the way yeah. that incidents are yeah. dealt with. So that brings us back to Haaland. So are we now expecting, or would you be surprised if Haaland didn't get another century, whether it's a 100 grand fan or fine, sorry, or a ban... Or is it because he hasn't been banned initially that makes it a bit more difficult to impose a ban? Yeah, I think the thing with Van Dijk, what made it more kind of jarring was you used to seeing him being quite smooth and relaxed and unruffled, aren't you? And then he was really, you know, he'd lost his rag that well, day. And you could say Haaland's the same because the, the accusation for him is that he's a robot, mm. which clearly yeah, he isn't. Yeah. Right, but, but that he's shown such emotion. Yeah, I mean... It's, Pictures didn't look great when, either. When, you, when you're commenting WTF on social media over the decision from the ref, I think you, you've you've opened yourself up, haven't you, for whatever comes next. Um, I didn't get banned. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes... I mean, I almost feel that they want a bit of a police state, the referees, where you can't say anything and any kind of critique of them is, is viewed as, you know, insubordination and it must be cracked down on. But I think Harlan probably overstepped the mark with that one. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, Van Dijk got found underground for his outburst. Um, we'll see if Harlan gets similar. Um, I mean, in my view of consistency is that neither of them should have had anything. Mm. Certainly not a ban. And probably fine, yeah, but not a ban. But also, you know, you go back to the things that were that were very noticeable early in the season, adding loads of time on at the end of games. Um, Buchan's for, for doing that, for, for simulating the yellow, um, kicking the ball away and, you know, flipping on the refs and, and all those have just quietly just gone away, haven't they? But the, the added Already. time didn't. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't yes, 20 minutes. I know it's down for 20 minutes, <laughs> yeah. but um, generally, you know, you're starting to see more like three or four minutes added on, like the way we've been mm. used to. So it's almost like these things that were prevalent earlier in the season have just gone away and, and Liverpool were being impacted by that. McAllister got one of his yellow cards. Um, did he get yeah, that's Chelsea's yeah. first yeah. game of the season, yeah. yeah. And he obviously he's, he's, he had to save a ban because of that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just consistency, isn't it? Like you say. Yeah, I feel like the refs have made the rod for their own back sort of with that Van Dyke one because I think at the time it was. Is it, it, it's not the refs though, was it? It's the it FA. Yeah, it was, the yeah, FA. it was the FA. So yeah. Sorry, yeah. Um, so I feel like yeah, when, when that was when he did get a, a more more of a ban for that, it was a bit like. I this is this is obviously going to come back on you. Like, like Liverpool fans or people involved in football are going to remember this and sort of be looking now to see if if this level of consistency is applied throughout. And like we don't really want that level of consistency to be applied throughout the games. Like obviously football is an emotional game. We don't want obviously don't want people to overstep the mark and totally disrespect the referees and stuff like that because that that there is a line. But when when there is like these like sort of 
explosions of emotion and stuff like that when some when when something's happened on the pitch. Like we we do like to see that. It is it is part of the game. So to sort of to try and to penalise players for that is is sort of it's 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 going to fall back on them eventually and people are going to look out for it then is if that's going to be applied consistently and obviously that happens so often where a, where a, where a player will say something to a referee when the decision's not gone the way it's like it's impossible to apply that same rule throughout with the Harlem one i think because this is such a high profile incident and because he's got now gone on social media after it even after it i feel like he he probably will get something because of the high profile nature mm. of it but we obviously it's not been applied like or wholesale throughout the game because it's been it's been so many times but you, you can lip read obviously when a player said something yeah. awful to a referee and nothing's happened to them uh, now an exciting bit now you get to be Jurgen Klopp for this oh, yeah, wow, yeah 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 we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pick our teams for uh <laughs> For uh, who are they playing? Sheffield United. <laughs> Sheffield United. <laughs> Bramall Lane on Wednesday. Right, so are we go on Keller in goal. Yes. Now, Paul, I'll let you pick your four defenders first. Yeah, I, I, I wonder whether Gomez might come in at left back, actually, just to give Simicast a little bit of a breather. Um, the last thing he wants is him pulling up with, with a muscle injury because people have got, I'm going to need left backs, have mm. So I think Gomez might come in there, Trent to start, and um, Canate has, has obviously matched up his set for a spell on the sidelines. Right, your defence. Um, yeah, well, I, th- I think Simicast was probably one of our best players yesterday. We, he, when he came back into the team, he was he, he was a bit yeah. dodgy at times, wasn't he? But I think he's played his way back into form. But I do sort of, I was going to start him, but I agree with your point there. Really, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with the Liverpool FC correspondent someone away. There. <laughs> <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting a good manager at the someone away thing. We're making up for lost time. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to go for the, the same the same back four just because yeah, because Simicast did did exert a lot of energy yesterday, and, and yeah. If, if he pulls up, then it's going to be a big problem. And also, he, he assaulted a steward as well. Yeah, <laughs> he did, yeah. He did not assault a steward, by the way. It's just funny. <laughs> you look it up on uh, on social media. I actually, because the games are coming, you know, the turnaround's quite quick. I think Gomez will be better needed against uh, Palace, so I'm sticking with Simicas and about have Canati, uh, Van Dijk, and. Uh, Trent, so midfield then, right? You're sticking with three in midfield? And yes, yeah, so I, I, I think then? we'll do the three in midfield. It's a difficult one in midfield, isn't it? I, I think I think Curtis Jones will definitely come in uh, for, for Gravenberch. Uh, I don't think he'll, because I don't think he'll do the complete wholesale changes of like doing a an Enzo, mm. Jones and Elliot one, because that, that seems a bit too much disruption. But I think, so I think Jones, Jones, McAllister and... I'm tempted to say Enzo and Enzo and playing McAllister favorite forwards. Is that a bit of a crazy one? I don't know. Maybe. It's your team. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick yeah, with exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna stick oh, with no, it. I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go Enzo Jones McAllister. I think he'll, I think he'll stick with McAllister. I think it's either either or, isn't it, with him or Endo? <clears throat> I think Endo might be played Saturday, Saturday lunchtime. Um, yeah, I'll go McAllister, Jones, and Elliot. Um, I agree with that. I agree. That's what I think it will be as well. And it, your forward line then? Your forward days. line then? Yeah, I mean, Salah's obviously going to start on the right. Um, so Has Gakpo done enough to get in? Actually, no. T- I'm, I'm going to I'm going to review me me midfield. I'm going to put Gravenberg in instead of Gravenberg. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. No, Gakpo. I'm going to put Gakpo in instead of Elliot. Um, and he's going to play furthest forward. We're going to go a little bit of a four-two-three-one with Salah, Nunes, and Diaz. Um, I feel like Gakpo will definitely play because he he was really good when he came on as well and looked like he had loads of energy. Um, I think Salah definitely. I go, I'll go. I'll go. Maybe 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 Nunes will have a rest. I'll go. I'll go. Salah Salah Gakpo Diaz. 
I agree as well. I just think it's a good chance for Nunes to, to, to bag a few, to be honest. We'll get a few chances. I think, I think there are, well, in that case, that might be a t- chance for him not to play then, if you see what I mean. Because if he, he needs, if, if it's going to be a game where they're going to have loads of chances, then possibly bring him on at the end where he can score some, but it's going to be a more difficult game at Palace, saving for that. Mm. Palace is a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, it's terrible yeah. to get to. Yeah. yeah, you're not going, are you? No, I've gone oh, off, I'm off yeah. that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wisely picked. Uh, so, fi- final thing uh, score prediction 3 0. Yeah, I was going to say 3 0, actually. To, to, to Liverpool. Yeah. To Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sheffield United. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 3 0 Liverpool. Yeah, yeah 3 0. I'm going to go 3 1. I think uh, Sheffield United will score. And one of the goals is worth five, so Liverpool actually lose five three. <laughs> <laughs> right, that should do us. Thanks a lot, Ryan, for joining us. Pleasure. You uh, might be welcome back soon, depending oh, on whether anybody else can be bothered coming into the office anymore. It's just me and Doyle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It would, otherwise, it's going to be in conversation, <laughs> yeah. which might get a little bit boring after a while. But that's it for now. Cheerio. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.